Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm Jody Henke. This podcast is brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven 40. Predictable, productive, weatherproof. Turn to a better nitrogen with Pivot Bio Proven 40. Learn more at www.pivotbio.com. In this episode, I'm talking with Colby Frey, whose family has been farming grain crops at alfalfa in the high desert area of Nevada for generations. He came up with a unique way to help ensure the future of the farm for the next generation. Colby, give me a brief history of your farm. Yeah. When when did it start? It was a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So my family started farming here in northern Nevada in 1854. And Nevada didn't even become a state until 1864. And we've been continually farming in Nevada since 10 years before Nevada was even considered a state. Hmm. We actually own the, some of the first deeded property in Nevada. And um, it's not on the ranch that we're on right now, but it was called Ranch One. And you know the importance of that with agriculture. It's different everywhere you go. And so we have that 170 plus years of agriculture knowledge on how to grow you know, the crops and our specific soil types, our, you know, our, our climate, we're in the driest state of the nation. So there's not a lot of agriculture or field crops like we grow, but we're, we're really lucky to be where we're at, which is Fallon, which is the oasis of Nevada. So we have quite a bit of water that comes from the, the Sierra Mountains from both sides of Lake Tahoe that flow down to us. Did your family always grow grains or were they yeah. in something else? No, we've always grown grains and then a lot of alfalfa also. So a lot of a lot of hay and grain crops, and traditionally in alfalfa, you know, you have to rotate your crops out of alfalfa around here every maybe five years ish, and so we'd always rotate it into a grain crop: wheat, rye, barley, or corn. How much water do you get a year, and what is the makeup of your soil? We actually have all different soils here on the farm, but it's kind of a sandy clay loam is probably the predominant one. But I mean, it's crazy in the same field. We'll have white dirt, black dirt, green dirt, you know, it's orange dirt, it's all, all of it in one. I mean, we have sand, clay, everything, but we have a really good layer of topsoil over the top. And, and we're fortunate, we have a lot of tile drains and, and that sort of thing around the ranch that, that really help with that drainage. And uh, yeah, this is really good soil. That's got to be real fun when you're going around assessing soil quality and nutrients and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. And so, um, you know, over the years, and that's why I'm fortunate, my family's owned this farm for a long time. And they've always taken really good care of it. So they built up the soil really a lot over the years. Fast forwarding to now, what kind of grains do you grow on your farm? So we grow wheat, rye, barley, and corn, all for our whiskeys. We grow winter wheat, a two-row malting barley, and then winter rye, and then corn, of course, you can't plant in the winter. It's not a winter crop, and we plant that. And uh, yeah, but it's a, a two-row soft white winter wheat. Uh, did I say two-row winter wheat? That doesn't make sense. That's it's a two-row barley, but it's a soft white winter wheat and a two-row malting barley, which we it's actually a winter variety. Which most malting barley are you you're familiar with the malting process? 
Oh, somewhat. My husband has brewed beer before, so I'm a little yeah. involved with the chemistry and all that yeah. fun stuff. So. Yeah. So malt is essentially when you just sprout the grains, you know, you're malting it, you sprout the grains. And that's what is the main ingredient in most beers. And it's a, a very important ingredient in the whiskeys also. But two row is a lot better for malting purposes than six row barleys. And most two row malting barleys are all spring planted. But here we're so dry that we can get away with planting winter varieties of two row malting barley. And when you say two row malting barley, what does that mean? You only plant two rows of it? or Well, that's, or? yeah, that's a really good question. So the head of the plant has two rows of grain as it grows on the plant. A six row has six rows of grain. And the problem with that is you yield more with six row malting barley or, or barley. It's barley that's made for malting. But uh, with six row barley, you actually have two kind of predominant, like big rows of seed and then four rows that are kind of dwarfed and they're, they're just not as consistent. And so when you malt, it's really important for it to be really consistent because when you get different seed sizes and everything, what we're doing in the malting process is we hydrate the grain and then we put it in the ideal germinating conditions and we get it to sprout and then we dry it after it sprouts. And so it gets this little rootlet. Well, when the grain's really inconsistent in size and also in, in quality and everything else, like a six row would be, it doesn't germinate all the same. It doesn't absorb the moisture from the, when we're getting it to absorb that moisture and everything. And so it's really a lot less consistent in the whole germinating and malting process. And so we want two row, even though it yields a little bit less, it's better quality for our malting purposes. They knew they had good grain and thought hard about what to do with it. When we come back, Colby talks about how they got into the whiskey business. Stay tuned. We all know a few fair weather folks. They're around when the food comes out. Oh, yeah. Nowhere to be found when the cows are out. With all life's uncertainties, you want a reliable partner with you, rain or shine. When it comes to nitrogen, there's a new predictable choice. Pivot Bio Proven 40, the tiny nitrogen producing microbes that have a big impact on your bottom line. Pivot Bio Proven 40, predictable, productive, weatherproof. Get a reliable partner. Get the new nitrogen. Get Pivot Bio Proven 40. How did you guys get started in the distilling business, making the whiskey? What went into that decision? There was a lot that went into it because, you know, with any grain farmers, there's just no real future in it with the way that the commodity prices are, with the way land values and equipment values and everything else. And so my wife and I were looking for ways. Our whole goal is to pass the farm on to our kids, you know. But my dad's a CPA and I have a business background or I got my degree in business management and there's real no future just growing grains. You're lucky to break even a lot of times. And my dad's a CPA and always said we'd be smarter selling the farm, investing the money in some kind of a passive income producing property or, or investment. And we'd make 10 times the money and we wouldn't even have to work. But that's not who we are. And so my wife and I got together. We said, we knew that the grains were really high quality and we could grow exceptional grain here. What way can we showcase the grains? And we thought, what better way to showcase the crops that were growing than to make it into whiskey? We'd always loved whiskey. And so it's really a natural fit for us to take these grains and make it into whiskey. And it's really a way for me to pass the farm on to my kids and make it worthwhile for them to continue on the farm, you know, not just continue it on just to, to break even. So the whiskey then, how long have you been making it? 
It's a long answer to that because we actually got our <laughs> license to legally start distilling in 2006, but there was no state laws in the state of Nevada. So we got a federal license, but there was no state licenses or anything. So what that meant is we could make it, age it, experiment with it, you know, that kind of thing. But we couldn't let anybody else try it. We couldn't sell it. We couldn't do anything with it. And so from 2006 to 2013, we did things like we determined which varieties of wheat, rye, barley, and corn were the best for distilling purposes, what kind of fertilizer management, irrigation management, you know, all those things that we could try to make the best quality grain. And I always say for distilling purposes, because they're different for than what we do to sell it on the open market or the cattle market or anything like that. And so we figured that out, but we also figured out our mash bills, which varieties and, and what our, our recipes are our um, yeast varieties, you know, all those kind of things we figured out. So that in 2013, when we finally were able to get laws passed in the state of Nevada, we knew exactly what we wanted and how we wanted to do it. So that really gave me the confidence to build a big state-of-the-art distillery, um, you know, and start laying down large quantities of whiskey. So technically, our oldest whiskey that we have available, we, we made very small quantities in those first those first years. So our oldest whiskey right now is about eight years old. All right. How long are you going to let it sit? Oh, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. Like with whiskey, we make mostly bourbon. And one of the requirements, there's five requirements for bourbon. It has to be 51% or more corn. It has to be distilled to no more than 165 proof. That means you can't distill it to really high proof and take all the flavor out. It has to be put in a new barrel at 125 proof or less and made in the United States. And so that new barrel requirement makes bourbon... I feel, and this is my personal preference, as it ages, there's a peak. And I honestly think after too much time, it gets too much oak flavor. And so to be honest, I don't know how long that's going to be, but here in Nevada, we're, we have the oldest whiskey um, from the state of Nevada. And I feel like our aging process is actually, um, it's a lot faster. It ages faster here because one of the things is whiskey goes in, in those barrels and what happens is during really hot summers, it expands in the barrel. During the really cold winters, it contracts. It pushes into that oak layer and it pulls it out. And here in northern Nevada, it gets down to zero during the coldest part of the winter for a, a week or two. And it gets up to 100 plus for the hottest part of the summer for a week or two. And so we really have that expansion and contraction. We don't want it like wine. You want it in a wine cellar where it's really consistent. But with whiskey, we want it to go through the seasons. And so we feel like it's almost accelerated here in Nevada. So we'll see. I, I honestly think eight or 10 years might be where it's the best. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I say you're going to have to crack it open and try it or yeah. find someone to try it for yeah. you. I'll no, volunteer. Yeah. If yeah. I went so far away, I'd volunteer happily. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we get, we get a lot of volunteers. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> so are you um, finding as you sell this now that you're having to grow more grain? Pretty much, yeah. And so our production this year, we're producing about 75,000 cases. That's 12 bottles per case. 
And that requires about 500 acres of, of ground to produce. And we own about 1,500 acres right here on the farm. And we also lease some neighboring farms. And so we have a tremendous amount that we could grow, but that's a lot of whiskey too. 75,000 cases is a tremendous amount of whiskey. So, you know, our first year we might've planted a hundred acres and, and then kind of grew from there up to, to the 500 that we're at today, but we still have plenty of room for growth. That is excellent. And where do you sell the whiskey? So right now we're only in Nevada and California. One of the downfalls with whiskey, if there is any, is that you got to wait five. Our, our whiskey is all aged a minimum of five years or an average of five years. And so we're limited to sell today what we produced five years ago. So we're producing 75,000 cases, but we didn't produce that much five years ago. And so right now we're only in Nevada and California. And our, our whole plan this whole time was to slowly grow, but do a good job at the markets that we're in and then grow into you know a national distillery someday. Yeah. Are you happy with where you're at? I am. I'm really happy. We just got eight medals at San Francisco World Spirits Competition out of eight entries. And three of them were double gold medals, which is really a big deal because a double gold medal means, I, I think there's like 35 judges and it's all blind. So they don't know what they're tasting. And every one of the judges rates it like gold, silver, bronze, or nothing. You know, and that's what they rate it. If one of them rates it a silver or less, you cannot get a double gold. So that means all 35 of them thought it was exceptional and it should get a gold medal to get a double gold medal, which is a big honor because if one of them mm. said it was a silver, it could have still averaged out and been a gold, but it's not a double gold. I think that competition they had, uh, it was over three, it was, something tells me it was like 3,800 entries wow. in the competition. And so there's 3,800 samples that, uh, now this is different categories and everything else. So like, but they have people flying from around the world, judges, to judge all the whiskeys. And so really world-renowned ones. So it's, it's really a, it was a big honor for us. Sounds like they're off to a great start. And Colby will tell us about his plans to grow in the future. Stay tuned. We all know a few fair weather folks. They're around when the food comes out. Oh, yeah. Nowhere to be found when the cows are out. With all life's uncertainties, you want a reliable partner with you, rain or shine. When it comes to nitrogen, there's a new predictable choice. Pivot Bio Proven 40. The tiny nitrogen producing microbes that have a big impact on your bottom line. Pivot Bio Proven 40. Predictable. Productive. Weatherproof. Get a reliable partner. Get the new nitrogen. Get Pivot Bio Proven 40. So what's your plan for growing here in the next few years? Growing the distillery or growing the crops? Both. Yeah. So um, we'll continue to grow every year. We'll produce a little more whiskey. You know, and growing the crops, we just continue to do what we've done, which is we grow it all in a way that encourages the quality, not necessarily the quantity, you know, and grain's a commodity. It's sold on the open market. And so we always grew it and tell the distillery in a way that gets the most quantity, you know, so that we can make the most money. And I did it. Every other farmer should do it if they don't have a purpose for it, you know. But ours, we're growing it for a specific reason, you know, to make whiskey. And so we do whatever it takes to get the best quality for distilling purposes, which often is the opposite of what you do for the cattle market. You know, like, for example, if we put on too much nitrogen fertilizer, nitrogen, the more nitrogen typically you put on, the more yield you get, you know, with a traditional grain crop. But nitrogen boosts protein in grain and protein and starch are inverse. When one goes up, the other one goes down. And so by putting a lot of nitrogen fertilizer, we might boost our crop, but the starch content is going to be lower. The protein will be higher. And that's bad for the distillery because we're actually converting the starch in the grain 
to sugar, which gets converted into alcohol during the fermentation process. And so for us, by sacrificing that quantity, you know, it's better for our purposes by having higher starch content, lower proteins. But now in the cattle market, they might want protein. You know, that might be a good thing. And so that's why it's really important to us to grow all of our own grain. And our saying is, and it's with anything, with better inputs, you end up with better outputs. So by growing our own grain is really the only way that we can truly tailor the grains the way that we want them and ensure that they're grown in our fashion. Excellent. Well, I think that's all the questions I have. I have eaten well, a lot easy. of your time. No kidding. <laughs> unless, unless there's anything else that you wanted to mention that I haven't asked you about. You know, one of the things is we're, we're farmers and we tell everybody we're farmers first. Without the farm, we wouldn't have the distillery. Our whole goal is to take the grains that we're growing and making a world-class whiskey out of them. Most distilleries, and there's nothing wrong with it, buy their grains on the open market, either distill them and, you know, and that's just not who we are. And so our, our whole goal is to showcase the grains. That's Excellent. one of the reasons why our bourbon, our traditional bourbon, our flagship product is a four grain bourbon. Now, most bourbons are corn, barley, and rye or corn, barley, and wheat. Ours is a four grain. We wanted wheat and rye in it because they offer a little bit different flavors and complexity when you're drinking the bourbon. And we really wanted to showcase all four grains. And so that was really important for us. Well, cheers, Colby. And thank you for the interview. Thanks to Pivot Bio for sponsoring this podcast. And thank you for listening. For Successful Farming, I'm Jody Henke.